0: Welcome to A Therious Radio Live, the hour of truth with Richard Lawrence and Christy
1: Blaine. A very warm welcome to all our regular listeners and those who are new to A Therious Radio Live, which is brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio on the third Tuesday of every month. Discover the cosmic message for this age revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium, Dr. George King, between 1954 and 1997. Now today, following on from the show in August, your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze, will be delving once more into the study of Service Leads to Kundalini Heaven Part 2. So, without further ado, I hand you over to Richard and Chrissy. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Nikki.
2: How the, hello, Richard. How are you today?
0: Hello, Chrissy. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing well, thank you. And a warm welcome to all good our good listeners. Good. And
0: I have Absolutely. to say,
2: Richard. It's, yeah, this this should be a great show. It's great to co-host a series Radio Live with you again for part two.
0: And me too, with
2: you. Yeah. It's a fantastic series about the great power within us all, power of kundalini. And if you didn't hear the last show, part one, that's the August show, you can find it on the archives at Asirius.org, and I suggest you do listen to it. And in this show, we discuss the fact that through the cosmic teachings of the society, we learn that service to others, or karma yoga, leads to a natural and unforced rise of kundalini. And when this happens, our higher chakras are awakened, bringing states of bliss, which we're calling in this show, in this series, Kundalini Heaven. And I think that's such a great title, Richard. So Richard, um, over to you to talk more fully about this Kundalini Heaven. I think it's given other terms in other, um, in other yes. you know, literature that we find many different terms for this, but I really like this Kundalini heaven and why it's depicted, <laughs> especially in Eastern writings, as a three-and-a-half coiled serpent. So perhaps you could kindly explain that to the listeners.
0: Yes. Um, well, thank you very much, and it's great to be on with you too, Chrissy. Um, and we were talking about the most exotic, ethereal, sublime, elevated, magical, transformative, potent form of energy within our being which is Kundalini, last time. I want to just, I think we have to make a sort of very a strong point as a caveat, you know, of, of humility, which is that uh, neither Chrissy nor I would claim to have realized or entered Kundalini heaven. Um, we have certainly experienced the fact that Kundalini does exist and certain of its uh, effects. But we, haven't, we are not realized people. We're not claiming we're enlightened. So this title, Service Leads to Kundalini Heaven, is not based on our total experience. Um, we have enough experience to know that the teachings we're given are true, and we've had enough experiences to know that, as well as our faith. But this is based on the Mastery Theorius. Now, in terms of uh, of your... Um, and I think that's a very important point to make. And 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 Mars set to six. And of course, last time we discussed the difference between forced and unforced rises of Kundalini, which Doctor King elaborated on. Um, and we talked about the fact that in the nine freedoms, we're told that service can lead to enlightenment uh, and the ra- rise, raising of Kundalini. And in fact, this three and a half coiled serpent uh, thing is is very very interesting indeed. Um, When you've awakened kundalini fully, you have complete control over it. In order uh, to lead an active life of service, you will need it to be lodged in all the major centers. I think that's an important point, because a lot of old teachings really try and encourage you not to use the lower centers at all, just get it up all the time. But it's meant to be distributed through the seven chakras, and of course... To gain enlightenment, it needs to be raised to the highest chakras. That's where we all go wrong. We we don't do that, most of us on Earth. Very, very rare people have done that in its entirety. We do it a bit. Uh, We have certain experiences, certain awarenesses, but this is in its entirety. Now, when you've awakened it, uh, you, you still need a certain amount still to lodge it in in the base centre, which is the first half coil. it moves to the base centre and then it's raised to the other six so of course <laughs> and it's raised in half turns, uh, and so therefore that's why you have three and a half which is half of seven. Um, so as I say, even though kundalini should be ultimately raised entirely through Susumna, which is the channel in the middle of the spine, in a straight line, as it were, the flow of prana through the nadis, which it will stimulate, could be seen as curved or coiled, and it's often depicted that way, and that's why you have this three-and-a-half coiled serpent.
2: Yeah, it's interesting you say, Richard, that in spiritual teachings, many of them, they don't want you to focus on the lower centers. And then when you look at the no. world, it's totally, almost totally on the lower centers. You know, materialism, war, sex, power, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We can go on and on. So this is such a yes. balanced approach um, because, as you say, they're all important. They work together, and all of them must be slowly awakened and mastered.
0: Yeah, and, and we're told that there's really two things that go wrong on, with us on Earth. One, we only focus, we only use the lower, well not only, but almost entirely use the lower centers and activate the lower centers, particularly the lowest two, the base center and the sex center, but also the, the solar plexus center. Once you go beyond that, you're starting to tap into a much higher quality of, of sensitivity and spiritual awareness and spiritual powers as well. Certain powers, like psychic powers, can be gained through the use of the solar plexus center, but when you go higher, you're going to an altogether higher level. But So that's one thing. We, we, we use the lower sense to the exclusion, almost, of the higher ones. So it's not balanced at all, and the whole of culture reflects that, the, the, the focus on materialism, on money, on sex on pleasure on indulgence on 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 all kinds of material things as being the goal and upon emotional things as being the goal all that is an activation of the lower centers to the exclusion of the higher ones but also not only do we do we activate the lower centers almost entirely on this earth when i say we i'm not talking about every listener here but humanity as a on the whole the, the majority also, we activate it very often up the front of the body instead of the the rear up through the the spine, and this is easier to do, uh, but it's it's not the correct way. Um, that's what the actual meaning of the phrase "get thee behind me, Satan" is. Uh, often, you know, the <laughs> Satan depicted as a serpent actually uh, in the Adam and Eve story, and the whole point is to. Um, of course, this statement was made by, according to the Bible, by Jesus, get thee behind me, Satan. He's referring to not being tempted when he was tempted with money and riches and power, uh, all of which are activations of the lower centers up the front of the body. Uh, instead, get thee behind me, Satan. When we are able to do that and start to do that, then we'll gain control over those basic uh, passions, materialistic desires, selfishness, I mean, ultimately, war, and all the things that go wrong on earth.
2: Yeah, that's a very interesting interpretation, Richard. I hadn't heard that one before, get thee behind me, <laughs> Satan. Yes. Well, was so not would
0: the king who like gave to, that, that, yeah.
2: Right, was it? Um, would you like me to read the beginning of this transmission now?
0: Yes, so what, what, what we're going to do uh, now today in part two is base, look at a transmission that some of our listeners will be familiar with. It's, a, it's one of the greatest of all the transmissions, I believe, that, that we have. It's called From Free Will to Freedom, and we're focusing on the Master theorists' uh, part of that and certain extracts from it which I believe um, operate on many levels and this is not just what I believe that Dr. King has actually stated this that with the master theorist even the master theorist himself actually has said there are hidden meanings in the transmission so we're going to try and look at some of those hidden meanings because this transmission as far as I can see operates on at least three levels the obvious one if you like the inspirational encouraging words that we get in the master theorist's brilliant psychological manner of delivery to to people on this earth which is fairly simple and straightforward and easy to see and that's a a wonderful thing but there's also a philosophical level a deeper philosophical level and then and this is what i really want to look at today i believe there's a technical as it were scientific so the philosophical meaning you could say is the why Uh, this, you could say, is the how. And we're going to particularly focus on that third level, what I'm calling the technical level, or the how, uh, when we look at this transmission, which, as I say, many of you may have studied before. It's in Cosmic Voice 25. So over to you, Chrissy.
2: Thank you. This transmission was delivered on February 28, 1960. We were Dr. George King, and it's entitled You Choose. Dear friends, we know from analysis that there are many people upon terror who are searching for a way to activate the great fires of primeval force within them. They are searching for a way to wake up the three and a half coiled snake of power, which, according to your Sanskrit works, is referred to as kundalini. We know that many are searching in these ways so that, that the activation of this force they bring unto them great powers.
0: So I think that's fairly simple to follow, isn't it? And um, I believe that uh, the people that Master of Theorist is referring to when he says many are searching for a way to activate the great fires of primeval force, that force is, of course, kundalini. He says in your Sanskrit words it's referred to as kundalini. But some are searching Uh, for this primeval force they may not know it as kundalini they may be from other cultures or other traditions they are searching for this power they may not consciously realize what it is exactly but they know this i mean in fact, last time we gave a couple of examples one was from the bible another was from a poem actually by wordsworth which were referenced beyond any doubt the effects of an awakening of the third eye by the force of kundalini without in any way referring directly to the kundalini, the chakras, the nadis. And it's quite interesting, Christy, I think, how many in history have become aware of the third eye or the fact there is an eye um, you know, without having any familiarity with Sanskrit writings or any access to them. I mean, Erasmus, for example, he has a famous quote. That, I think it's something like this, in the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king now you could take that mm. as a you know clever political statement but possibly he Erasmus was aware of the eye and the blindness was a spiritual blindness so you could possibly see another meaning in that so i think it goes beyond just those who are familiar with uh, with those sorts of writings. I mean, Blaise Pascal in the 17th century, he wrote about a two-hour experience of fire, which he said brought him knowledge of God. Blaise Pascal, the French scientist and philosopher in the 17th century, which he said brought him knowledge of God and such joy that it stayed with him for the rest of his life. I think that's a beautiful idea, Uh, not an idea, a revelation actually it's a joy that stays with you for the rest of your life which makes it so different from happiness now dr king has, has made a clear distinction between joy and happiness happiness is a is a, a transient thing uh, and it stems from often material pleasures and particular types of companionship which may end and and so forth but joy once you have it it's lasting which doesn't mean to say that every second of the rest of your life you'll be in permanent joy what it means is that that joy is there and you can draw upon it forever at times and that's a that's a person because the fire he's talking about Blaise pascal must be the fire of kundalini can't be anything else but he didn't know about kundalini so It has to also be said that there are people who claim to teach Kundalini Yoga who really know very little about it. And certainly, and that makes it not too dangerous because they know so little, they probably won't do you any harm, except to make you feel that there's there's far less to it than there really is. Uh, It's quite disappointing, really, when you see some people who teach Kundalini Yoga and you see the results they refer to from it. I don't know if you've come across that,
2: Chrissy. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interest, isn't there, in kundalini yoga right now and, and trying to force there the is. kundalini. And our master said that, he said, if you try to force the kundalini, he said, you will never be able to control it. I thought that was quite yeah. a revelation. And therefore, it won't yield yeah. to you its full fruit. So that, that's um, kind that's of a true. waste of their time. True. But. On the other hand, it was really interesting There's a waste of their time, that... and so
0: many of them also don't know much, to be really honest. Yeah,
2: yeah. But it's an interesting so you point you made a... about...
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> Carry on. No, no, please go on. Sorry. I'm interrupting you. Sorry. You go on, please.
2: No, you, you made the point that there are people, a lot of people who are like developing clairvoyance and, and other ways which they're unconsciously striving to, to rise this power. But it's un, an unconscious thing. And I was thinking that it's almost yep. like an inherent part of who we are, that this, this inner yes. striving towards our God nature, even though we're not Absolutely. always conscious of it. And then, then it gradually becomes conscious. And um, yep. you mentioned Blaise Pascal. One of the people that I'm very, very uh, interested in is the Christian mystics Saint Teresa of Avila and she was right mm. back in the 16th century and yeah. in Spain as you probably know Richard at, at the time of yes. the inquisition so I mean she had these amazing experiences right. and one of them if I could just share it with you she had this vision that she kept having of a golden spear being put into her heart and she said when it came out it left her on fire with a tremendous love of God but she said the pain was so great yet so exceeding sweet in this greatest of pains Mm. that it was impossible to desire to be rid of it, or for the soul to be content with less than God. They were were her words that I read.
0: Wonderful, wonderful words. Yeah. Yes.
2: And she had many, many visions and experiences. I'm sorry?
0: Yes, indeed. No, it's universal, this search for Kundalini by people who don't even know they're searching for it. And also, I think one has to just to caution about some teachers out there who say they're enlightened and are believed to be enlightened and aren't, and they belittle without meaning to. They might be very nice persons, one I've actually met, and uh, this person, I must say, has no presence much, but they're highly um, sought after, and he's probably a nice person, but has no concept of really what kundalini can lead to and so settles for a fairly basic relatively peaceful state and calls that enlightenment and people flock to him because it's of course much easier Uh, but really um, and there isn't that service element in this particular teacher Um, and so that they're not realizing the power of kundalini at all and they're certainly not truly enlightened so it's just i only mention that as a warning for people as well as the dangerous forcing of kundalini which you should steer clear of also steer clear of people who set their bar too low that famous michelangelo right. phrase you know it might <laughs> yes. not not that we aim too high but they miss it but we aim too low and reach it and that's going yes. on a lot in the new age movement
2: yes it's a great shame that it is so i will continue with this wonderful transmission Please do. You can wish, you know, for great miraculous powers, but they will not come to you through wishing alone. They will come to you when you are ready to use them correctly. They will come to you when you band together and work in selfless service for others.
0: And that's the big change, I think, Chrissy. You know, it's now, it just won't work now. You just won't get there unless it's part of your selfless service to others. And there's something Mars Sector 6 makes very clear throughout the nine freedoms, actually. Uh, He also says it won't come haphazardly. It'll be a result of a deliberate intention and effort on the part of the individual. Wishing is not nearly enough. It's like hope. Some people rely on hope, and I've always found that a bit uh, fruitless. I think layout, say, Warns against hope actually, because there 's a place for hope if it 's really based on faith and experience, but just hope uh, is is wishful thinking and it 's not nearly enough uh, you 've got to set out and and achieve it even in intention i know it 's popular in the in the new age movement, but it 's not even, even that isn 't enough you 've got to activate on on every level and attain and then as we're told here by the Master of Theorists, there'll come a time when we're ready for an unforced rise of Kundalini, a gradual balancing and purification of the psychic centers through the radiation of love energy and higher thought. Uh, that's, it's a, a balancing is going on when we're serving. All the time we're cleansing, we're purifying, Um, That's not our motive. Our main motive is to send out as uh, high as possible a level of of love. You know, Chrissy, I came across a quote from Dr. King recently, um, and we were doing a mission here called Operation Prayer Power, which a lot of our listeners know about and often attend. And I found a quote by Dr. King from 1978 about Operation Prayer Power, and he said, you are the only people who know how to pray. It's quite a controversial statement, Uh, but really there is no prayer technique, I must say, and I know you've written a book about about prayer, I have, and really, although obviously all forms of prayer are welcome and all intentions have got to help and will make a difference, it's when you learn the kind of technique of prayer, and I know this is a passion of yours, Chrissy, that we are privileged to use you're going to bring uh, a a balance to the psychic centers. You're going to start to raise the energies and you're going to start, you must start to draw the kundalini certainly in the direction of the heart center.
2: Absolutely. And we're helping in the great spiritual energy crisis too. That's so important, isn't it?
0: That's so Um, true, yeah. um,
2: And, you know, also... a lot of people believe in, I've been talking to a lot of younger people recently about um, spiritual energy and, they all, and prayer, and they all seem to believe it and they all seem to understand it, but they don't, I don't think they quite believe it in the way that, you know, Dr. King taught us prayer, of really radiating that spiritual energy in a very dynamic way. Um, so this is, anyway, something that people are, hopefully, will learn <laughs> it's so important yep, now indeed. in this world isn't it it's such an important thing it
0: certainly is desperately needed
2: I will continue Shall I? please it it is the law of the universe you know that what whatsoever you reject is laid at your feet this is the law of nature if you in great subtlety of realization were to reject the powers and spend all your energy working for others in selfless fashion the powers would be given unto you you would develop great powers within yourselves
0: this is an absolute humdinger if i if i can use that phrase of a mm-hmm. of a revelation and it's um now we've moved to the perhaps to the second level i refer to this is philosophy and it's it's logical philosophy and it's not quite as simple as it might first appear to be and you often get that in, uh, in, in sort of the disarmingly convivial manner, if I can say that, that you get uh, from the master of a beautiful manner, actually, a completely unique approach, which seems to get right under the skin in a good way of us here on Earth. But sometimes covers the depths of realization. You can miss them. So this is an example where we look, need to look for the hidden meanings, as the master of referred to whatsoever you reject is laid at your feet but this is the cruncher and when he says this if you in great subtlety of realization were to reject the powers and spend all your energy working for others in selfless fashion the powers would be given unto you you would develop great powers within yourselves now i can see three provisors there the first one is the great subtlety of realization it's not just, it's not alone. What you reject is laid at your feet. It's, you have to have a great subtlety of realization. It means if you weren't working for others in service, you would be devoting yourself entirely to the practice of spiritual development. This is a person who has, isn't just like they would be watching television, but they think, well, I'll go and help the world. And well done then, that's fantastic. They're a person who would be, intensely trying to contact this force of kundalini but they're giving that up in order to help the world Um, they wouldn't be in the local pub they they would be in some meditative place trying to do these advanced practices but they they're sacrificing that so that's the first point Um, i think frankly if you if you give up something material and that's, that's to be admired and, and many people do it. I mean, both Chrissy and I do it. We know hundreds of people who do it. It's to be absolutely commended. Can you put your hand on your heart, though, every time you go and serve and say, if I wasn't doing this, if I wasn't serving, I would be totally focused on trying to tap into the great powers within myself. So that's the great subtlety of realization that you can miss if you're not careful doesn't mean to say you wouldn't get very good karma by the way uh if you were doing it for another reason but there are a couple of other points i would mention and that's the statement that you have to spend all your energy working for others in a selfless fashion now that again can get missed not just doing some voluntary work every now and then and that's a great thing to do and should be encouraged but for this to tap into these powers, you have to not just work for others in a selfless fashion uh, and, and not for recognition or money or any other motive. You devote all your energies. So there's all those aspects to it. I think you can see is a lot more demanding than it might appear to be at first sight. It's still a wonderful promise for us to aspire to, and it takes away the idea that you... And I've heard this, and you might have heard this, Chrissy. people saying, oh, I've given up advancement to serve. No, you haven't. Not if, you're, right. not if you're a seeker, not if you're a person who has made that determination to advance yourself, but then you give it up because service is more needed. No, uh, you haven't given it up. You can't give it up. And that's the wonderful point the mastery theorist makes.
2: When, when it said all, the word all, Richard, is a key word here, right, as you're saying. Yes, exactly, um, all your
0: energy, yeah.
2: So some people may think, well, what do I do? How do I um, get my food and go shopping and oh, yes. things, things that we have yes. to do in everyday life? How would you respond to that,
0: Richard? Well, I'd say that you have to get your food and you have to do things in everyday life. And if you've got a job, you have to do it as well as you can. And if you have obligations that you already have, You're not taking on new obligations, by the way, but if you have dependents or something already, of course you have to live up to those obligations as far as is necessary, and in doing that, of course, you are serving, uh, because you're doing what has to be done, which is your duty to do, and you're also eating. If you didn't eat, you couldn't serve you're sleeping because if you didn't sleep, you couldn't serve. You can still do it all as part of your service, but you, to take this absolutely to the zenith, all available time and energy, available other than essentials, you would devote in service.
2: Thank you, Richard. And since we've been discussing this subtlety, it's very, very interesting, isn't it? I was reading Dr. King's lecture on, on this actual transmission And he gives a very interesting key for the occult student in his advancement, if I could just share that with you. Sure. Um, It's about subtlety of mind. He says, you know, the whole essence of the occult student, the spiritual student, the real student, is a subtlety of mind. The more subtle the mind, the more you can go. The greater the pitfalls, but certainly the further you can go. A subtle mind is a mind which has been refined through experience. The Egyptians used to go out of their way to devise ways of refining their mind, a mantra and various other ways, mystic practices. And they refined their minds until they were extremely subtle. And when they were in this state, they were very much more difficult in one way to control. But if they did control them, and they had great experiences. So we have to be subtle about these things, I'm afraid, if we are really to appreciate the powers
0: 100%. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It is, very.
2: I'd like yes. to continue now, shall I, Richard? And let you Please
0: do. Please do. Comment.
2: Yeah. And after, after I've read the next extra, extract, perhaps we should have a break, because I think it's halfway through the yes. show already. Otherwise,
0: Nikki will tell us off, I'm sure. Yes, yeah, she will.
2: <laughs> there is a great battery which is now above your head. This battery is not as far away as the opposite coast of your country. This battery can be tapped by you if only, or when only, to be more hopeful. You open your heart and live as human beings should live, in service for other human beings. When you do this, you draw down to yourself the great energy, which vibrates you in such a fashion that you become a more whole and a more holy cell in the body of the great whole so that you may send your branches outwards into the high aspects of mind and draw down unto yourself great wisdom. When this happens, great powers will be yours.
0: So, Nikki, are you going to come in at this point with your announcements?
1: I was so taken by that beautiful reading and the wonderful words of the Master Series. Yes, of course, revelation after revelation keep coming from you too. Thanks so very, very much, Richard and Chrissy. You are listening to a Series Radio Live with hosts Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze discussing Service Leads to Kundalini Heaven, Part 2. 12 midnight GMT November the 4th once more enables us to welcome again into orbit of Earth the wonderful giant spacecraft we know as a third satellite brought in orbit of our world by those compassionate gods from space and obviously we can use this much needed spiritual energy during this spiritual push or magnetization period which lasts until december the 10th during which all spiritual actions performed with the selfless motive are enhanced by a factor of three thousand times As always, you are warmly invited to join us for this potent service to mark the first hour of the fourth and final spiritual push for 2022, and this will be live-streamed from the Aetherius Temple in Los Angeles. The next, ah, this is a good one, the next Aetherius Radio Live on November the 15th will prove to be yet another, yes, another intriguing show, and is entitled an anti-war special. And Richard will be joined by regular guest Mark Bennett to discuss this very topical subject. So that's it for now, and I'm very pleased to hand you back to your hosts, Richard and Chrissy. Thank you, Nicky.
0: Thank you, Nicky. And if you don't mind, Chrissy, I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping as a, a presenter called Mike <laughs> Allen I used to appear with, or I used to call it, um, announcement. So as you rightly say there, uh, Nicky, the next show I'll be doing is, is, is an anti-war special, and we'll be looking at uh, pacifism and whether it applies and whether it's relevant and whether it's appropriate now in this period, and if so, how, and, um, uh, and basing it entirely on the teaching, which Mark has done, done a lot of research into, those early transmissions about nonviolence and, and uh, approach to these things and to peace and to war and so on. Now then uh, I know that um, there's going to be a, a period when we'll both be away, Chrissy. Uh, so I think there'll be another show in December, which I think Mark and uh, we'll be doing with I'm not quite sure who at this point. And then in January, you're appearing with Alison, aren't you? I'll, again yes. on Aetherius Radio Live. So what I'm thinking, Chrissy, and uh, we haven't discussed this, but I'm thinking that in February you and I will meet again at the Aetherius Radio Live International Studio on the phone. <laughs> and uh, our topic then will be Service Leads to Kundalini Heaven Part 3. That's the way it's looking to me at the moment.
2: Wow, yes. Well, that sounds... We'll see how we get well, I on, see.
0: but I, I think there's so much here, and there's so much depth, and so many revelations coming and fast from the master ethereus that i suspect there might well be a part three we'll see how we get on
2: that yeah, sounds like a great idea look forward to that thank you
0: so coming back to the, the the quote you read just before the break there and thank you nikki for those announcements one of which was of course about the coming spiritual push which is very very relevant to the reading that uh, that Chrissy did there because the great battery which is now above your heads as referred to by the Master of is of course satellite number three and we've spoken many times about this on Ethereus Radio Live but we're hearing, we're going to hear in this transmission a truly staggering revelation by the Master of about what can be achieved in terms of personal spiritual advancement during a spiritual push. And it's absolutely bold, it's bald. it's stated, it cannot be uh, really disputed that the master theorist has made this incredibly... I mean, you talk about encouraging, and we're going to get to that, because this is, how we, this is an absolute, not just telling us it leads to rising of the kundalini, but telling us that it, you can go all the way, and he tells us how to do it. But what, what I want to first get to is... Um, sort of breaking down to that third level, I suppose, about the technical level, the how, which I think comes into this uh, reading that you kindly gave. Because as the master of says there, when you, when you do this, in other words, tune into satellite number three, tapping the energy, which is potentizes all action 3,000 times, when we start to do that, something we've talked about a lot, because... Um, The average healer, if they were suddenly, because it's a spiritual push, uh, 3,000 times as much healing energy was put through them, they they simply wouldn't be capable of transmitting it. Um, But the potential must be there. If if One of the adepts, the three adepts, for example, they could do that. They could take colossal amounts of energy, thousands and thousands of units of energy. As we advance, we should be able to potentize our actions and be channels for potentized actions. Uh, and to, to uh, not just improving the quality, uh, the, the manipulation will be brought about, the karmic manipulation will be brought about, and the radiation of energy, I believe, will be brought about, even if, if it cannot be brought about through that individual. Their action will enable it to be brought about. But as we advance, we can actually channel much greater quantities of energy which uh, the master theorist says a great energy which vibrates you in such a fashion that you become a more and more sorry a more whole and a more holy cell in the body of the great whole it's the point that uh, dr king made actually that when somebody goes to a prayer class and learns to improve their prayers by the end of that class that student has advanced That's quite a Mm -hmm. thing, Chrissy, isn't it, really? Yes. They, They perhaps don't think of it that way. They are a more advanced person, if they've learned properly, in a prayer class from the Aetherius Society, the prayer system we use, than they were at the beginning of the class. Just because they're channeling, they're able to channel these energies... Now, then we get this statement by the Master of Theorists, so that you may send your branches outwards into the higher aspects of mind and draw down unto yourself great wisdom. When this happens, great powers will be yours. Now, this, I believe, is uh, this is what I mean by technical explanation. A specific reference to the Nardis, you know, you may remember there are said to be 72,000 nadis or interconnecting psychic channels within our aura through which prana or universal life forces flow. That's according to Sanskrit writings. So when we draw down energy from satellite number three, our internal vibrations are altered. We become more holy, the master theorist tells us. That means our vibration is raised. That's what becoming holy actually means. But he goes further he says and i believe he th- this is his technical meeting meaning we send our branches outwards into the higher aspects of mind and draw down great wisdom these branches could be certain of the major nadis the nadic channels connecting to higher chakras or psychic centers drawing down energy possibly thereby causing a rise of kundalini at least partially to activate these higher chakras, which I would take to be, and this is just a personal opinion, above the solar plexus center. And thereby, higher mind is drawn into our consciousness, bringing wisdom. That, Chrissy, would be my uh, technical reading of what the Master theorist means here.
2: That's uh, quite a revelation, actually, because... I think it's something that we could easily miss. I know I did, to be honest. I was thinking of branches in a more sort of vague way, in a more poetic way, perhaps, like our thoughts reaching upwards. But your interpretation is more specific. And thinking about it, the cosmic masters may be subtle and they're always often very poetic, but they are never vague. So it makes so much sense to me that you're... And I don't think you're wrong, because
0: that's how I read it, too, because I think both are true. I think that's what I mean by having several right. levels. You could read right. it on that level, and it almost in a poetic way, and it would be wonderful at that level. But when you're really sort of getting down to the nitty-gritty technical know-how, you know, um, then I think these branches that raise up to the higher powers no. within no. have to be the Nardis through those channels or the energies traveling through those channels. And even to some extent, Kundalini, of course, starting to rise through those channels, particularly the Susumna, of course. Fantastic.
2: Okay, the next part of the transmission. Dark forces wish to gain control of the whole planet. So what do they do? They bring about those conditions of confusion within the minds of weak-willed terrestrial man so that fear, the great evil, enters in. Once fear is there, then doubt comes in by the same door, for the door is wide open. This is a state where the great power that you worship without understanding
0: lies almost dormant. Some people don't like mention of dark forces uh, because it's not a pleasant thing. You know, it would be great if they didn't exist. It would be wonderful. And one day in the new yes. age, they won't on this earth. But you cannot really be enlightened without knowing about the dark forces. Or to put it better, as the master theorists put it, you cannot be a saint in heaven unless you've been a saint in hell. I think that's almost exactly what he said. Um, yeah. You have to, you, have, you can't hide away, especially in this age. I remember reading about Sri Aurobindo, and this is going back some several, I don't know, a hundred years, certainly many decades when he first, he said that when he first gained enlightenment, he had to go to a particular cave on Himalayas, he said, and the dark forces were actually hurling rocks at him to try and stop him getting to this cave. Because, you know, the dark forces, as Dr. King has explained, they can't stand people gaining enlightenment. They, to right. them, that's, that's really, they're frightened of it. They have fear of it. And, and they get into a right old state. I mean, that's my phrase, Dr. King, didn't use those words, but they really don't like it. And But again, I think with this, I think it's important to know this and to understand. And, you, you know, I think nowadays people are perhaps more ready to see this than they were in 1960 when the master theorists delivered it. You know that, that it's clear that this realm is run by dark forces. Whatever you, however you regard those dark forces, whatever your interpretation of them is, uh, they they are there. They, they bring about confusion, conditions of confusion within the.
1: Hello, Chrissy.
2: Yes, I, I can't hear Richard.
1: No, I know. It looks as though it's, it's possible that um, uh, his phone may have uh, dropped off. So I think we, we'll have to, if the listeners don't mind, we'll just have to wait a little while um, until he gets back. Unless you... can you call Well, him? that Hello? could be Dr. dark
2: phone? forces. I'm sorry? Probably dark forces. Disconnected.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Penny. Uh, can
2: um, you Has he not got another that, phone you could call him on? The home phone?
1: It's most probably because he's doing it from home. You see. So hold on a moment. What? Um. I. I could. Uh, text him, but he His may not. Uh...
0: Ah, there hold you on. Here
1: he is. Now that.
0: Hello, exactly... Richard. Yes. Can you hear me?
1: <laughs> yes, Am we I can laugh, hear yeah? you. That's yes.
0: exactly what happens when you start talking about dark forces, I can tell
1: exactly. you. Exactly.
0: I got cut <laughs> off and it went completely blank my end on this phone. So anyway, <laughs> we're, 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 we'll, we'll carry on. So we're talking about the fact that they bring about um, conditions of confusion, so that fear, the great evil enters in, and once fear, then doubt comes in by the same door, for the door is wide open, and that's the state when the great power that you worship without understanding lies almost dormant. I think the master of theorists has done us a massive favor here. It's not nice, um, particularly to hear, but it's true. And I, I think it's, you know, this is a show about service leading to Kundalini heaven. So this, this is an aspect we have to look at. And we have an explanation here of why it is that Kundalini is almost dormant in most people on Earth. It really is. They don't have the powers. And even some people who claim to be enlightened, as I said earlier, and who, who claim to talk about deep realization, don't have the first clue about Kundalini, even by another name and you can see straight away they aren't. And it's because of fear and doubt. Fear manufactured by dark forces enters in, and with it comes doubt. Now, this is where, that's if you like the philosophy of it. When we get to the technical, the third level, the how of it, the master of theorists refers to the door through which they both enter. I would suggest, and this is just my opinions I'm offering here, that that is a reference to the solar plexus center because that's a reception center it's a receiver of energies and if so it will be a solar plexus at the front of the body not the rear and from there the energies generated by fear and day traveling through the nadis will inhibit or suppress the power of kundalini from rising from the base center where it's lodged to the higher centers certainly at the back of the body up through the spine these mindsets fear and doubt once accepted into the consciousness of an individual suppress or act as a suppressant you might say or a blockage in this respect and it's one of the things actually that old writings on kundalini refer to a lot these blockages and they talk Mm. call them knots actually which need to be untied so this is a door through which they enter, and then they bring about, having entered in this fear, this doubt, uh, as a complete suppression of kundalini. Because this is the front of the body, I'm suggesting, not the back of the body, that this is coming in, and it prevents the kundalini from rising, where it's naturally meant to rise up the back, up the spine, and bring about. Greater enlightenment.
2: In the next part, Richard. Then, yes. in this state, can man be told very cunningly about the great enjoyments of certain sexual pleasant pleasures, and the power moods? So that a great yearning is started within man, so that he becomes body.
0: So we have the Kundalini almost dormant. Um, it's kind of been as it were, shatter, shattered, sort of immobilized or demobilized, uh, whichever the right word is, and it's not rising. And then you get, uh, we're told here, um, a suggestion, and I think we can all relate to this if we're on it, it, it it's, a, it's a sex impulse. And if no, I, 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 I would say that spiritual elation, ecstasy or bliss If none of those things, no spiritual elation, ecstasy, or bliss are being experienced, because the kundalini is not awakened to rise through the spine to the higher chakras to bring about spiritual elation, ecstasy, or bliss, satisfaction is inherently sought in the other, easier, more physical ways. And as the Master Theorists puts it, man becomes body. Uh, And he tells us that the power moves. And that movement, and again, to get to the technical level, would then be a partial rise in kundalini from the base center up the front of the body to the next center which it comes to, which of course is the sex center. I want to stress that up the front of the body, uh, and that would bring about this this rise of kundalini. And it isn't limited to sex, by the way, the act of sex. It's spread to all kinds of desires. Uh, desires for you know what they used to call gluttony, uh, pleasure in all its forms, various forms of materialism. Uh, these kinds of yearnings, as the master theorists put it, is started, and it's all uh, brought about by first uh, the kundalini becoming dormant, and then this rise up the front of the body. So you're to the sex centre. You're having, if you like, a manifestation of a Kundalini action and then from that come certain types of thoughts, certain types of feelings, certain types of desire, certain types of emotion. It's like the reverse, I would say, from what a lot of people think, that you, know, you, you have uh, such and such a feeling and that, that manifests into the, in the Kundalini. It's the Kundalini moving and that's bringing about a manifestation through your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your desires. And it happens to all of us. Uh, None of us uh, would, I mean, certainly most of us, uh, would claim to be immune from this. It's something we can all recognize. But here we have a real explanation, if you like, by the master of theories of how this is brought about at a subtle level. First, by the dark forces, by confusion, by fear, by doubt. Uh, We become dormant. We become, as it were, spiritually impotent. And then we have this yearning starting by activating at the front of the body, I would suggest, the sex center.
2: It's such a brilliant explanation by the Master of Sirius. He yeah. explains things so clearly, it's so important, yeah. I think, for us all to know this. So the next part of this, he continues, in order to satisfy this yearning, man must use the power a little further so that he may become brain and mind, so that he may cooperate further with the foul machine of cunningly conceived materialism. So he educates his mind for two purposes. Firstly, to cooperate with the materialistic trap, but secondly, to further indulge in his basic delights. Then the dark forces have him. He is cornered. He is trapped. He imposes limitation after limitation upon himself, and life after life, he comes back in this foul scheme of limitation.
0: As you say, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. It's an understandable explanation. As you go deeper, you can see the philosophy behind it, and then you can see the technical manifestation of it if you like through the uh, chakras through the kundalini through the nadis so first you have fear and doubt entering probably i'm suggesting through the solar plexus center because that is a reception center (coughs) uh, and and a and a battery center you might say and this causes kundalini to become almost dormant at the base of the spine and then you have a yearning for satisfaction causing the kundalini to move up the front of the body to the sex center now As the master theorist puts it, uh, to maintain this yearning, uh, which isn't limited to sex, I want to stress that, includes basic delights generally, Kundalini partially rises further, he says, uh, up the front of the body to the next psychic center, which is the solar plexus center. That's my interpretation of it. I want to stress that. That's how I would read that. To take the Master of Theorists' word, to satisfy this yearning, man must use the power a little further. So as, of course, it moves towards the solar plexus center, you have brain. And now St. Guling has described the solar plexus center as underst- a center of understanding. That's when it's in its positive phase. But it's a, a, a center associated with brain, with mind. They're all associated in different ways with brain and mind, actually. To, well, certainly mind. But you have now, to maintain this yearning, Kundalini rising up to the solar plexus center. And in this center, the individual becomes brain and mind, not to gain an understanding of truth, but to cooperate further with the foul machine of cunningly conceived materialism as the master theorist. Because bearing in mind this is all still up the front of the body, that's a key concept to, to re, for us all to remember. And it's the easiest way to go. Um, and people like things that are easy on this planet. So what do you have here? Well, I'm not going to say, I don't want to tarnish all these things completely, because there can be a positive use of these things. But law, politics, entertainment, the financial markets, and so much else on this realm are infused with materialism and tend to cooperate with it. I mean, there are exceptions to this, of course. Brave individuals, you know, campaigners against racism, campaigners against slavery, uh, and so forth, many others. And they didn't cooperate with materialism, and they used brain and mind in its positive phase. But often, on the whole, the cultures of our world, whether they're capitalist, whether they're communist, neither is truly spiritual, by the way. Capitalism isn't a spiritual thing, and politics, sadly, isn't a spiritual thing. It should be. It is in the great higher spiritual hierarchy of Earth and beyond the cosmic hierarchies. It's not on this Earth, and we — that's very obvious, I think. And they've fallen, smack, bang, into the materialistic trap for life after life, which the mastery theorist calls the foul scheme of limitation. And we might be familiar with this concept of materialistic limitation, but I don't think we've come across such a, a technical description of how it's brought about, uh, it, That Kundalini going through those various stages, um, both to educate the individual so that uh, he can cooperate with the materialistic trap, and I'm sadly to say, on this physical plane, everything, politics, war, all comes under the uh, overall overarching influence of materialism and and finance. As I say, all these things can be used for good, and they are. There's some wonderful humanitarian philanthropists who use money in the most spiritual manner, and it's an all-transmuting spiritual force in their hands when they do that. But the general tenor of this realm, I think everyone would admit, isn't that. It's how can I find happiness, how can I make money, Uh, perhaps I'll consider my family, but not much anybody else. And it's a totally selfish approach. Uh, But here I think we have a description of how this is brought about at the internal, technical, nardic, kundalini chakra level. I don't think we've come across that, as far as I know, about the operation of this world uh, so clearly anywhere else, Chrissy.
2: Exactly, and the cosmic masters, master theories we're talking about now—they give us the truth and shine the light on the truth, which is usually very painful. But then they always come up with solutions: how we can solve it. And the next yeah. part of this transmission, and we're coming to the end of the show, Richard. So, yeah. shall we close with this one solution yes, presented by the master theories? Yes, us with this theory. one
0: very positive. Because this has been quite, an uh, it hasn't been negative, but it's been a truthful, honest, not very hopeful on the face of it, description right. of the state of the world. But here we have, as always with the Master of Theorists, an encouraging light beam of spirituality to tell us where we can go with this. So over to you, Chrissy.
2: How do you break this? You can tear a dark force wide open and break away quite easily by detaching yourself from your basic delights, by detaching yourself from the materialistic scheme of things. What happens? You send out fear, you send out doubt by the same door.
0: Wonderful words. Um... As I say, we've had this very honest depiction, and now we've come to the positive solution. And the master theorist always imbues his teachings with positivity. Uh, He even calls it easy. He says you can break away quite easily. And all we have to do, he says, is detach from basic delights and the materialistic scheme of things. And I think when he says easy, he's trying to encourage us. Because the more we might think, oh, I can't do that. And he's saying, yes, of course we can. Uh, We can do that. And this would then bring the kundalini back down the front of the body from where it's been activating those centers to the center at the base of the spine. And as it does so, send out fear and doubt by the same door. Again, I would take that to mean the solar plexus center. That's a sort of reception and radiation center. That they go. They're gone and the center would no longer be receptive to such energies and thought patterns because it would not vibrate to their frequency any longer, so there'd be no attraction or reception of them, and then we're ready to really start on the journey to Kundalini Heaven. So I think we'll have to close there, won't we, Chrissy? and hand over to our producer.
2: I think so. Thank you so much, Richard, and uh, the next show, Part 3, is going to uh, cover some, other solutions so look forward to that
0: look forward to that thank you chrissy and we'll carry this on together hopefully in february i think that's when we'll be back together doing a theorist
1: radio live yes i think so thank you very much well 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 i'm certain <laughs> I'm certainly looking forward to February part three. Gosh, thank you so much, Richard and Chrissy. for oh, that was a really, truly fascinating show, and I'm sure our listeners will. Be tuning in in February, definitely, and as already mentioned, uh, Assyria's Radio Live on November fifteenth will prove to be yet another intriguing show. Now, this is an anti-war special, which is based on some of the fantastic truths and messages of hope um, by the Cosmic Masters, including one called non-violence. And Richard, for this one, Richard will be joined by regular guest Mark Bennett to discuss this very topical subject. And a nice good reminder, 12 midnight GMT November 4th sees the first hour of the fourth and final spiritual push for 2022. And so when we welcome the giant spacecraft, we know is the third satellite. So please, please do join us if you're able to. And this special service will be live streamed from the Aetherius Temple in Los Angeles. If you would like to find out more on the facts and publications mentioned in the show, then please visit ethereus.org. You can connect with Richard through his website RichardLawrence.co.uk, and also with Chrissy to her website, astrologycity.com. So we hope you enjoyed the show, and thank you so much for listening, and we look forward very much to your company next month.